The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited, but they all refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them the feast has been prepared, the bulls and the fattened cattle have been killed and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way, one to his farm and another to his business. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. The king was furious and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. And he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready and the guests I invited they are not worthy of the honor. Now go out to the streets, to the corners, and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. Amen. The banquet hall was filled with guests. King City Church is filled with God's people right now. Then why do we have to have Vision Sunday? I'm going to explain to you quickly um, why we are doing this and what is the purpose behind it. Uh, vision, by definition... It means that the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or with wisdom. Now, this is a definition that's out there in Google. If you just Google vision, it says it's the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. Many have eyes, but still they cannot see. Many have ears, but still cannot hear. Many have the mind to receive, but still they are unable to receive. Just because you have eyes does not mean that you have a vision. Vision is something that you see beyond what you see right now. Are you with me? Vision is something that you see beyond what you can see right now. And as a church, God has called us to see beyond by definition we are supposed to think about the ability to think about and plan for the future with imagination and wisdom but for us we as Christians we don't think or dream or plan about the future by our own imagination but we go with the word of God we imagine through God's word we imagine through faith. Amen. I am dreaming and imagining of a church where right now we probably have 10 to 12 um, tables here. And I am preaching uh, after five years of planting King City Church. But I am imagining King City Church 10 years. I'm imagining King City Church after 20 years. I'm imagining King City Church after 30 years. K 
can you look around and imagine with me? Can you look around and dream with me? Can you look around and pray with me into what God has in store for us? We might right now have 10 or 15 tables across this uh, hall, but we are going to have more than 200 to 300 tables set up just like this because it's going to be filled with people who wants to move even further. Can God do it? Yes, he can. Can I do it? No, I can't. But can we do it together with God? Yes, we can. It is so important to have vision in life. Vision is something that will give you clarity. Vision is like a compass, something that will map your direction towards what God has for your life. The Bible says where there is no vision, people perish. If you don't have vision, it's like you don't have a windscreen in your car, but you're trying to drive your car with rear view mirrors alone. When you don't have something to look forward to, your eyes is set on the things that is behind you. The, your past, your conditions of your past, what has happened in the past, the hurts of your past, you know, the fears of your past. And many of us are trying to walk forward while looking backwards. That is not vision. Vision will align your life. Vision will put you in a direction where you can say, no matter what is going on in my life, I know that I am walking towards the vision and the purpose of God. Vision is bigger than you. Vision is bigger than your family. Vision elevates your perspective where you don't feel too important anymore. Many of us, we take ourselves too seriously. Do you know who I am? No, we don't. Do you know where I come from? We don't. Check the connect card, Pastor. Do you know how many years we have been members in the church? Do you know how many years God has been moving in the church? We often try to boast about ourselves and often put ourselves in the pedestal and often put our emotions out there in the front, ourselves in the front and we think that, that, that what we have created is one of the most best thing ever and we allow that circle to suck us in and that becomes our world. God had a vision for Abraham but when God was about to communicate the vision to Abraham God said, come out of your tent first. Come out of your tent first. If I need to show you what I have planned for you, you will not be able to understand inside your tent. If I tell you what I have planned for you, you will not be able to fathom what I have for your life and for your family and for your future within your tent. What is your tent? The thing that you have created for yourself. The, the, the mindset. A lot of us, we have a mindset where anything and everything just flows from that. 
possibly your education, your family, your background, you know, your job that you have. And, and it is impossible for us to think further than that. The furthest that you can dream of is that you know, probably your, your own funeral service. Oh, what will I be wearing in my funeral? Huh? The furthest you can dream of is the day that you actually leave this earth. We don't dream about that. We dread it. But that's how far we can think. But God is not a God that just thinks for you and for yourself, but He is a God of generations. Which means that God wants to put something in your life and in my life in such a way that when you close your eyes, the legacy goes forward because the legacy is from the Lord. He wants to build you in a such a way that even when you close your eyes, everything is sustained because the vision and the purpose and your life was not sustained by you in the first place. It was always sustained by Him. So even if you close your eyes, it goes on to the next generation. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than your timeline. It is bigger than your lifespan. It is bigger than your thoughts. It is bigger than who you can think you can be. So when you attach yourself to something bigger, what happens in your life? You start living with a greater mindset. You start living with a greater vision. You start living in such a lifestyle that you want to expand your life in such a way that you can accommodate God's vision for your life. Amen? Amen? If any of that that I just said right now didn't make sense, whatever I'm going to say next is going to make sense to you, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 is what we read from the bookmarks. And I want to read that again to you. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Now that's our problem. The Bible says, so we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. Many of us, we can't see beyond our troubles in life. All I see is troubles, troubles, troubles. Everything I go through, troubles, troubles, troubles. So, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it's written, we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. So basically, everything that is troubling you will soon be gone. And everything that is also not troubling you. I told you, if you want to lunch, you better talk. If you don't want to have lunch, no problem. You stay quiet. Yes to what? <laughs> Who said yes? If all you can see is troubles your troubles will leave you and also the things that are not troubling you will also leave you in other words everything that you're experiencing in your life right now good and bad in the physical realm of this livelihood here on earth is temporary amen you know, in computer, there is this folder called temp. Everything unwanted and unnecessary is all there. And many times it gets so full that it slows down your system. 
and many times we all face a slowed down computer amen and often times we just don't understand and this file this folder is also hidden you just can't find it it's hidden so you got to go and search for it and find that folder then empty it and all of a sudden you see there's a little bit of change in the system many of us we all carry temp folders in our life right and we have a lot of things that is stuck in there things from the past your fears about the present your fears about the future so many things are stuck in there and god wants to just press delete god just wants to clear it out god just wants just wants to empty your folders that is carrying troubles but rather and also at the same time whatever that is going good in your life don't hold on too tight to that also even that will leave so what do we do pastor i realized when this man put round table for us this sermon will go somewhere today i thought so what does he even want from our life now he said good also will go bad will also go so what are we left with what are we left with do you want to know what we are left with we are left with the things that we cannot see now and those things that we cannot see now will last forever how many of you said amen so what are those things that you can't see now what is it that you can't see now right now we can't see an entire city being transformed by the move and the spirit of god but we dream of it right now we dream of the entire city of trichy to be transformed because there is a church that is hungry and thirsty for god to move in this city we are dreaming of a city another city our twin city what is it yes and we are dreaming for god to move in that city also madurai is known for its coil but soon it's going to be known for this coil it will happen it will happen we are going to dream of people coming from every part of tamil nadu to just see what is going on in this house why the, why are these people too excited why there is so many healings happening why there is so many breakthrough happening why people's lives are transformed in this place and we will keep saying because the king is alive the king is alive the king is alive amen that's the vision that's what we are praying for i don't know how many of you know our vision statement of our church but it'll come on the screen the vision statement says we exist to reach people far from god into new life in christ so that they can make a lasting difference in our community city and the world and god is building this church based on this vision the only reason that we exist all of us exist as a family in the only reason you are in kk nagar or in anna nagar or in thille nagar or in cantonment or in some other part of the city the only reason is that you exist to reach people far from god into new life in christ wherever you are this vision looks great on the screen but this vision should become the culture of your house which house not just kcc here your house your residence 
you got to you and i got to choose to live a lifestyle where we are constantly existing to say god i i'm here to reach people who are far from you who is far from god anybody who does not know the name jesus is far from him who else is far from god anybody who knows the name of jesus but still are living with no faith in their hearts they are also far from god we are here to call we are called to reach the unreached and we are also called to connect the disconnected back to god that's what we are here for so therefore fix your gaze on the things that you cannot see now this is what it is if you are looking at something it also means that you are not looking at something you got that if your eyes is fixed on something it also means that you're not fixed on other things you can see something at the same time not see something am i confusing you even more okay let's take a look at this picture tell me what do you see all right take it off the screen what did you guys see somebody saw somebody playing guitar how many of you saw somebody playing guitar all right okay anybody else saw anything else a old man and a old woman how many of you saw an old man and an old woman did anybody see anything else a door of a person of the sitting of the inside the door <laughs> let's go to the next picture look at it look at it all right take it off the screen what did you see what is that the nose was a person how can the nose be a person okay kiona said the nose was a person how many of you saw the nose as a person all right here we go there's few people here and some didn't okay how many of you saw anything else how many of you saw a tree there you go we got a few people how many of you saw a man with a beard your father who said that <laughs> yes your father is a man with a beard that's right abigail ah uh, isn't that really fun to have kingdom kids in the middle with with us come on give them a big round of they're listening that's awesome next picture take it off what did you see how many of you saw waterfalls Okay. How many of you saw white people? Yeah? It's a ghost? Nuns? Wow. This is getting interesting. Next picture. Take it off. How many people were there in that picture? How many of you say one? How many of you say two? Two. Who were they? 
father and son my goodness and a child yeah how many of you saw a father and a child how many of you did not see a father and a child <laughs> many people did not you as well darling okay good one more picture all right and take it off a half man okay what case yeah your father no that's not your daddy no <laughs> how many of you saw a half man this way yeah and you saw another face in it this is basically illusion pictures right where there are so many things within one thing after one thing different layers of images being put inside but it depends on you they say it depends on your psychology of what you see first and we're not going to get into the analysis of it right now but many of us based on who and how we feel about ourselves is how we always look into the world and look into life if you keep seeing down on yourself then you will feel that everybody on this earth has made it their personal agenda to look down on you anybody has been there yeah i know there are some hands here and if we have the most elevated confident uh you know uh self uh, imagination about yourself you always feel like everybody around you is there only to praise you and nothing and they have nothing else to do anybody has felt that yeah you won't lift your hands i know you people <laughs> so what you see is really important so as we come here together for vision sunday Let's dive into this passage Matthew chapter 22 verse 2 to 10. That's the passage that was uh, read in the video. And it's about a parable of the great feast, a banquet. It says the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited. but they all refused to come i mean who in the right mind would refuse a king's invite but it says they all refused to come so he sent other servants to tell them the feast has been prepared the bulls and the fattened cattle have been killed and everything is ready come to the banquet now this is the second invite But look at the invite a difference between the first invite and the second invite. The first invite says, "Hey, there's something special happening for my son. Everybody join the banquet." Everybody refused to come. But the second invite goes with the menu on the table. The king is making it more attractive. He's like, "Okay, maybe these guys don't know what I am serving them." So let's have a fellowship lunch. Let's put out the menu out there. We have fattened ribs. We are serving bulls and fattened cattle and uh, it's going to come with barbecue sauce and mayonnaise. It's going to be amazing. Come to the banquet. And KCC church was there. But the guests he had invited ignored them, not you. The guests he had invited ignored them. and went their own way one went to his farm another to his business 
Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. Verse 7. The king was furious and he sent out his army and destroyed the murderers and burned their towns. And he said to his servants again, the wedding feast is ready. Here is the third invitation. Here is the third invitation. And this invitation is very different and unique than the first two. The third invitation says, here is the wedding feast is ready and the guests are invited are not worthy of the honor. Now, go out to the street corners. Invite everyone you see. Invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. God is preparing a banquet for you and I. But he had already prepared a banquet for you and I, and that is why we are sitting here. What was the first invite? What does it represent? The first invite went to everybody in the world saying that the Lord is born. Jesus is born. Come, see him. Anybody who sees and believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Your Savior is born. Emmanuel, God with us. He is here. The Jews, they were waiting for the Messiah, but when the Messiah turned up, they didn't go to see him, except for few. Because the Messiah did not come the way they wanted him to come. They expected him to come and probably a, a come down from heaven in a golden throne or something as a king. But he was born as a humble baby in a manger. That wasn't the most attractive banquet that they could ever attend. But the shepherds came. The shepherds came. The least of the least, they came. And they worshipped him. But the ones who were invited, they did not come. Then happens to be the second invite. When the Lord Jesus, he says again, in the second invite, he tells exactly the menu, right? In this parable. He tells exactly the menu. He says, the feast has been prepared. The bulls and fattened cattle have been killed which means that I have made some sacrifices to prepare this banquet for you in the second invite the emphasis is even more the emphasis like I went to the market and I bought something for you and I killed it for you and I've cooked it for you and I put it in a nice round table for you and I want you to just come and be part of the banquet, the celebration. Now that's the second invite that has gone into the world where Jesus went on the cross and he laid his hands wide open and he said, I am the lamb that is slain for you. I am the lamb that has gone on the cross for you. I am the one who has sacrificed myself for you. So that you can be part of the banquet. Did they accept him? No. They rejected him. They rejected him. 
they went about in their own business one went to his farm one went to do his own business many people have turned themselves against god even after knowing that the messiah the son of god is the hope for their lives many people have gone away from jesus even though they knew that jesus is the answer for their lives and then finally comes the third invite and this is the beautiful invite you know if i was the king i would give up in the first one probably mostly in the second one yeah everybody here we will all give up in the mostly by the second invite na kootta varavella how many times will they cancel on us we have to go and give the patrika in their house and sit with them and put laddu in their house laddu in their mouth only then they will come it seems it's okay just send on whatsapp we know how to treat people right because we get treated also and we know how to experience love and also give love especially we as indians we know how to be hospitable and at the same time we also know how to make sure that they know that you are not they are not welcomed also we know there are ways to do it and we do it in the most hospitable way possible you are welcome no you are not please vandrunga ayyo vandruvaangala we would love for you to come but that weekend you are coming we are not here <laughs> and the son is like really daddy you didn't tell me that day i'm telling you now be quiet we can be welcoming and we can also be hostile but that's not the god who we have he put out a first invite to the world they rejected it He put out a second invite by sacrificing his own son on the cross. Still the world rejected him, but he did not stop there. And the third invite is the most beautiful invite and God said, "You know what? Let's make this party big. Let's not limit this. Let's expand. This is not just about the Israelites anymore." this is about the israelites and the gentiles this is not the ones who are just supposed to come this was the one this is this is the time for everybody to see i came for every single person every single person and i want to touch and transform everybody's life not just the israelites but also the trichites not just that nation but every single nation in this planet will be touched by the love and the grace and the power of god you and i we are sitting here because he extended the invitation you and i we are enjoying the freedom and the salvation and the love and the grace of god because he said go out to the street corners and invite everyone you can see brother invite everyone you can see 
whose ever eyes that could fall on your eyes whoever that it falls on invite them bring them into the party bring them into the banquet because now the banquet is ready and this time the banquet is is ready because god has completed he said it is finished it is done by his stripes we are healed by his name we are set free if you are going through troubles in your life and if you're going through problems in your life if you're thinking about the future what will happen i have something to tell you and please listen to me carefully there is hope for everyone who is sitting in this room there is hope for everyone who is sitting in the room you know why it is that hope that brought you into this room today it is that name that brought you into this room today it is that privilege that we have to call him abba father brought you into this gift of life and this invitation is for everybody church is the greatest banquet hall that we can celebrate every sunday we might not set it up like this like a banquet hall this is why you know we set up like this for just for this passage amen it's great huh but we might not set it up like this every sunday but this is the picture that i want you to experience and see and know and understand that every sunday church is a banquet hall of celebration what are we celebrating what jesus has done for us what he has prepared for us because there is going to be another invitation which is the eternal invitation that is what is being you know it is uh, in second corinthians 4:18 it says but set your eyes on the things that you cannot see because they will last forever for us a life starts when you close your when you end your chapter here on earth new life begins for us in jesus christ our life our end here is not the end it's the beginning into something eternal that god has for our lives but then god has given us a vision and a mission as long as we are here we have to take more people into the eternal kingdom that god is bringing we are called to do that so who are we then we are those servants who went out everybody read verse 10 together verse 10 will come on the screen now verse 10 it says so the servants right instead of that we're going to say so kccians what are we going to say can we read it now 3 2 1 go so kccians brought in everyone they could find good and bad alike and the banquet hall was filled with guests now i'm not talking about filling up this physical hall the banquet hall that has been talking about that's been spoken about here in this passage in this parable is the kingdom of god here on earth as it is in heaven kcc is one of the servants in god's kingdom we are all one servant in the eyes of god and this one servant together goes out and brings everyone they could find good and bad alike now turn to the person next to you look at them and tell them oh don't we all know the good and bad
because when we came in when god brought us in he also brought us in like that only he looked at us in a oh, bring the good and the bad but when i prayed you know for this church i prayed a prayer saying god i want the most broken messed up people in my church tada let that sink in for a minute <laughs> why do we pray that prayer why do we ask god for that because the kingdom of god belongs to us it belongs to people like us no matter who we are god has made has put a seat for you he has prepared a table for you and his god is name is got your name on that table and he wants you to sit at that table what is that table that table is the table of grace that table is a table of miracle that table is a table of breakthrough in your life that table is a table that will elevate your life into all that god has for you you are not sitting in any seat you are seated at the seat of grace in your life if grace does not work in your life you will not be seated where you are seated right now then if grace was the one that brought us to this seat then who are we to stop others to come to that seat we are nobody if we are called and if we are living under the grace then we cannot stop anybody from coming to that grace while you are trying to step out and inviting people like those servants you will face rejection people will walk away from your life even because you are so attached to god and you are seated at the mercy seat and and people who can't understand grace over your life they might walk away from your life they might reject you it might be your own family members and they might reject you but that's okay that's okay because you are serving the king the banquet is still open the invitation is still open the the the, the doors are still open just stand at the door keep praying you never know one day they'll walk in the ones who rejected your invitation they will walk in the ones who said god does not exist they will cry and come yes he does exist they will come the ones who said i don't believe in this kind of stuff this is not for me will come will come will come keep inviting not once not twice not three times keep inviting keep praying keep your invitations in prayer after you invited them physically keep praying over invitations god will bring them god will bring them let us not close our banquet because the celebration is not over until the lord jesus christ comes back the celebration is not over so let's keep our church open let's keep our mind open let's keep our hearts open let's keep our sofas in our home open for life groups let's keep our cars filled with fuel so that you can pick up people and bring them far east west north south come on be ready church you cuz you never know who god is touching you never know 
who God is influencing. You never know what God is doing in people's lives. Let us not be the ones who close the doors, but always be the ones who open doors for people. That they will also walk into the celebration. So what does it take to do this, Pastor? Can I share my sermon title? Oh, Ippada sermon title ke varara. Usually he starts with sermon title. Now only he's coming to sermon title na. Then now only he's starting to preach. Ama. See, you came with your lunch. You can't go anywhere. Because your lunch is here. If you leave, you got to leave your lunch back. Huh? I love it. So what does it take? What does it take to do this as a church? I have one statement for you. Are you ready for this? Let's pioneer again. Let's pioneer again. We had five years of God's faithfulness over King City Church. But this is not the time to say, ah, whew, five years. We started with nothing. We started with, you know, three people. Look God where God has brought us. It's great. Let's rest for some time. Let's enjoy this. Let's sit today on the Let's let's sit under this and just enjoy the blessing that the, the God has renovated our building. You know, we started with a small room in the corner of this floor, and now God has given the entire floor to us. Oh, hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Yeah, you're 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 like, is he being real or sarcastic? Should I clap for this? It's a great thing that God has done. But let's not settle here. Let's not settle here. This entire floor is uh, almost about 4,000 square feet, right? You know what I am praying? Lord, when we have a church, I just want the entrance balcony to be 4,000 square feet. Only me and Brother Jain is going there. <laughs> just for us, bro. He's the only person who said super. You also said I am talking about just the entrance, brother. Just the balcony. Just the entrance of our place should be the size of this entire place. Just the entrance I am talking about. Don't go inside and all. Just the entrance. Not, this is not the car park. You know the, the entrance of the, the, the that, that balcony. This door here? We need at least 10 of those doors because it's over 4,000 square feet. Just the entrance. Now, this is not measured by square foot. God's kingdom cannot be measured by square foot because no church can accommodate God's kingdom because it's just too big. What God is doing is too big. But it is a symbolism of what God can do when you trust Him. It represents what God can do when you attach your faith with His size. Are you with me? It shows that what God can do in and through your life, it is to the glory of God that we will see great things. You will see great things. 
Now you might be sitting there and wondering, "Hate appa, what a dream pastor has." Entrance itself he wants 4000 square feet it seems. Turn to the person next to you look at them, "Who's going to pay for it?" <laughs> Who's going to build this? Look at them and ask them, no. Look at them and ask them, "Why are you not looking them at? Why are you not asking?" Cuz you know what's coming next. It's you. <laughs> I said the kingdom of God is too big for a church to fit it which means that no funds that you can ever raise can truly fund the kingdom of God God must be really like laughing oh I'm here to support his work really do you know my work Do you know the expansion of my work? Do you know how far and wide it goes? If you only know, you will say no such things, brother. <laughs> because we say things like that because we see the work that is happening in front of us. I want to do something because of that I'm going to give this and because I gave this happen and we measure our life our size our funds our provisions our things and we put it in front of the things that we see and we put a limited faith on an unlimited god god is much bigger than that which means that you need to change our prayers what is our prayers lord what you're doing is too big i need more ah i am praying that already i need more is what i am praying but what are you what do, why do you need more because what he's doing is too big one of the ways to be blessed is to be a blessing with the little that you have and i'm not talking about money I'm not talking about material things. What is the little that you have? The little that you have. Are you ready for this? It's you. It's you. The little that you have is you. Which means that everything that is you and everything that belongs to you is the little that you have and you put it all in for God. The little that you have is your family. Your children your education your wisdom your knowledge anything and everything that you have is the little that you have be faithful with everything we need a pioneering spirit if you can see god in this level then you will understand that god if this is what you're doing i can't be working under a ceo god i need to become a ceo Lord I can't be in this mindset of running between month and month on to month I need to expand my prayers I need to expand my territories I need to I need to see God I need to accommodate what you're doing can I God can I be a channel where I can at least accommodate what you are doing a little in my life 
many people say oh when i get there then i will do it but we don't understand to get there you do it now <laughs> you attach yourself with the vision and the purposes of god while you are here because no matter where you get in life you are still the little you because what he's doing is much bigger and mightier than the human minds can ever think or dream of can ever think or dream of who are we who are we who are we to say what he can do and what he can't do god is always moving so what do we need is a pioneering spirit numbers chapter 13 verse 25 to 33 and i'm going to finish with this you see two men along with 12 men joshua and caleb they were sent as spies into the land and this land is not any land it is the promised land for the people of israel and when the promised land was given to the people of israel they were about to step in and there were 12 men that are sent as spies to go and see how this land looks like is it a great land is it actually the land that is flowing with milk and honey i need some reports guys come on joshua bond and caleb bond you didn't get it spice got it okay and they went in and they found trying to spy the land and see what is happening and let's read from verse 25 it said after exploring the land for 40 days the men returned to Moses Aaron and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran they reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land next verse This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore and is indeed a bountiful country which means large in size, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. So they got something from there and they're giving it to Moses and they're like, "Wow, this is so nice. This is so exciting." But then in verse 28, it starts with as you're looking at the fruit, but huh? This is a land that God has promised but we have a problem. This is the vision that God has for the church but we have a problem. This is the prayer we are praying over our nation but we have a problem. It says but the people living there are powerful and their towns are large and they are fortified and we even saw giants there the descendants of Anak. the amalekites live in the negev the hittites the jebusites the amorites the parasites every sites are there live in the hill country the canaanites live along the coast of the mediterranean sea and along the jordan valley and basically they come to say you enjoy the fruit and let's sit here it looks great but the fort of the enemy is even greater what do we do verse 27 it had but but then again in verse 20 uh, verse 30 go to verse 30 there's another but and this is a man who had a pioneering spirit this is a man who had a vision of god everybody saw the giants 
Everybody saw all the, you know, the Amorites and the other people and everything that is against them, the giants of the Anak. Everybody saw what is against them. But here is one man who saw what is for them. Same place, different vision. Different vision. He says, but Caleb, Caleb, I love what Caleb is doing, but Caleb tried to quiet people as they stood before Moses. And I can just imagine Caleb being behind in the crowd and all these guys say, oh my goodness, it can't happen, blah, blah, blah. You know, there's a big chaos and Caleb, shh, 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 get out, get out, get, come on, just shh, shut up, be quiet, be quiet. Don't speak. Because what you're speaking is not faith. What you're speaking is just what you see in the flesh. What you're speaking is not the voice of the Lord. This is what we need to do. Is to quiet the voices that is not standing for God. But you know what we do? We pull a table and sit down with them. You are trying for this in life? Oh my goodness, it is impossible. Really a car? My goodness, come inside. Sit down. Tell me more. You know this thing? Oh really? Oh really? And we pull a table. We put a round table conference, square table conference, then a diamond cut conference. All the conference and finally we come to a place. <sighs> this is not for me. But God has clearly spoken over your children. God has clearly given you a vision. God is clearly, you know, uh, leading you in the ways that he wants you to go. But then you heard somebody else's report. You heard something else about the same thing. And you sat with them. You talked with them. You even prayed with them. You even ate with them. You even spent years together with them. And God said, that's enough. Time to change tables. I believe many of you who are part of this church, God has shifted tables. Those who know it will know it. God has shifted tables. You have spent too long in the wrong tables. You have spent too long among the wrong voices. You have spent too long who has always spoken down over your life. You have spent too long who have said it is not possible. You are not worth it. You are not good enough. You will never make it. But we will be the church that will raise up like Caleb. No matter how loud they speak, we will say, shh, be quiet. nothing because that's not faith that's not the voice of God be quiet Caleb stood before Moses and said let's he's saying the exact opposite of what these guys are saying these guys are saying let's never ever put our pillow there let's never ever even put our eyes on that land because what we saw is terrifying. It's terrifying. But what Caleb says, let's go now. I'm excited. 
everybody is like are you mad are you mad here is 12 men and in that one guy is super excited and the 11 guys are saying you're mad and Caleb is like i know i am because i see what you don't see you see what you see but i see what god sees and he says let's go at once together now and take the land he said we can certainly conquer it but the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed are people disagreeing with you because you have faith that's a good sign hello that's a good sign are people saying it's impossible that's a great sign because if somebody says oh you can do it that means that's not your that is not god's vision it's your vision because it's your size and it's limited but if it's god's vision definitely people say oh it's impossible to transform a city it's impossible for a church in india to be the most attractive thing in that city ever because of the name of jesus at that too in the nation of india it is impossible and if anybody said that to me i'd be like great keep saying that more keep saying that more because wherever there's wherever man says is impossible god says it's possible you keep crying it's impossible but i am listening to the god who's a god of possibilities he says in verse 31 but we can't go up against them they are stronger than we are numbers chapter chapter 14 verse 6 to 9 verse 6 to 9 two of the men who had explored the land joshua son of nun and caleb son of jibna tore their clothing so this is after one chapter basically the panchayat is getting more uh, worse here you know the situation is getting worse and everybody is disagreeing with each other saying that it's impossible for us to conquer and these men filled by the spirit seeing the vision they tore their clothes saying that they said to all the people of israel the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land next verse and if the lord is pleased with us he will bring us safety into that land and he will give it to us it is a rich land flowing with milk and honey do not rebel against the lord so the ones who don't see the vision of what god is doing are against god what are you doing with god people who are against god what are you doing with the rebels if you cannot see what god is doing and if you don't want to take part in what god is doing it says that you're against him do not rebel against the lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land they are only helpless prey to us they have no protection but the lord is with us don't be afraid of them verse chapter 14 verse 38 of the 12 who had explored the land only Joshua and Caleb How many of you like to stay alive? When they were about to go into the promised land and take 
everything there were only two people who were alive at the end who was it out of the 12 joshua and caleb only two god calls 12 he chose two and he raised the two to transform an entire nation only two people had a vision only two people had pioneering spirit and god changed the trajectory of the entire country two against a nation two against a nation how many of you we are here how many of you are carrying a pioneering spirit the band can join with me on stage and as you are remaining seated i want you to think about this can we pioneer again can we not settle can we not settle can we start again from the scratch when pastor jemmy and i when we started when we uh, stepped out to plant the church we were just two and then we had two other guys from the northeast we were four and these two young men believed with us in which one guy was not even a christian yet at that time and i invited him to plant a church with me while he has not yet accepted the lord hello and in the process of planting he accepted the lord just invite just invite they saw the vision with us now we are pioneering again now we are not just two we are over 60 people in this room if god can start this with two people when we pioneer again in this city what is god going to do with 60 hearts united together what god can do with so many people united together with a pioneering spirit you might say this is not for me just ask yourself again are you living under the grace of god is grace of god for you if grace of god is for you then this is for you let's pioneer again let's do it again there are so many people who are still lost and living in blindness and paralyzed as we saw last week how god how those four men carried this paralytic man and dropped him through the roof they were pioneers they set a way they saw vision they saw healing before even this man was healed i was just 20 years old when god took me to england i studied there for 3 years right after my third year graduation and i was just turning 23 at that time um i joined as a youth pastor in a church and when i joined that church that church was expanding and the auditorium we had was pretty small so we're looking for a new building 
and we were looking for a new building we went into various places and then finally we found this beautiful huge methodist church that can seat up to 800 people in their pews we were over 100 um, uh, over 200 um, uh, people in one service and we were running four services at that time so we were almost touching 800 to 1000 people so we couldn't find any other land to buy because everything was too expensive in london it was in millions so we decided to purchase an existing church and this methodist church was was shutting down we heard and they are selling so we walked in one sunday afternoon after the church my pastor and i and few other leaders from the church and we were looking and expecting for the service to finish and people coming out so that we can go and talk to the pastors but the church was locked but we heard few people singing in the corner of the building in england most of the anglican churches they have the pastor's office attached methodist church also office attached and pastor's house attached next to it so they call the parsonage right and there were four or five old ladies coming out probably in the 80s actually even 90s barely able to walk coming out and the pastor waving bye to them and we asked the pastor pastor you didn't have a service today oh we just we just did what do you mean i'm left with these four old ladies who are still faithful and praying and seeking god for a revival where is where are their children where is their generation he asked them to uh, he asked us to come in and he said we couldn't reach them all we are left is this four last members i don't know when every sunday between every sunday to sunday i keep wondering when i'm going to get a call for a funeral service because that's how feeble they are that's how they like but they still come they still come they still come we sat to the pastor and said okay pastor great uh but you know we are here to talk business are you selling the church he said yes it's 2.2 million would you like to take it we said 2.2 is too much we can push it to 2.5 max and the pastor said okay i'll think about it i have to discuss with the committee and we thinking what committee and then two days later he called he said there are a few sikhs leader from the sikh community they came to us they offered us 3.5 million 1 million extra on cash and the church is sold he didn't even offer a counter deal for us he said we sold the church to a gurudwara one month later i saw the church being refurbished on the inside and a gurudwara sign going up and i looked at it and i cried in my heart i said really god this is supposed to be a christian nation but here are churches selling their buildings because they can't pay for heating anymore they can't keep it going because people are not coming to church anymore it is because they missed an entire generation of 4 to 14 and 15 to 25 two windows 
4 to 14, 15 to 25. Why did they do that? They stuck to their traditions. They stuck to legalism. They stuck to rules and not relationship. And they missed an entire generation. And today, they're selling churches. Selling churches. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, Sam. Your country is not far from this, buddy. Your country is not far from this. If you don't step in and do something that will reach the millennials, that will reach the Gen Zs, that will reach the 4 to 14s now, the 14 to 25s now, Christianity will also disappear from your nation. And I said to God, God, we are already a minority. If this can happen to a country that is the entire nation is a Christian nation, imagine if that happened, if that happened to my country. I walked into that same church that is now a Gurudwara and I knelt down at the closed door of that church and I said, I made a promise to God, I will not let that happen to my nation. I was 23. That's the day King City Church was born. Not 2017, guys. The day when I knelt down in the doors of that church. I didn't know it was going to be King City Church. I did not say, Lord, make me a great pastor. I did not say that the last thing I wanted to be is to be a pastor. But I'm thankful that I'm your pastor. Don't worry. It's a privilege. But in me, this is not what I saw. But that's what God saw. So when we came back, when, I, when we started praying and planting, we said we will be a church that will go far and wide, high and low. We will not close the doors to anyone. We will say, here we are. Here we are. Just come as you are. Just come as you are. Come meet Jesus. He will do the transformation. Our job is to just set the table. Just set the table. That's what we started in 2017. That's what we are doing now in 2022. And I'm asking. I knelt down when I was 23 years old in the middle of the street looking at that locked church saying, God, I will not let that happen to my nation. And today I'm asking you, 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 everybody here, everybody here will you also kneel down with me for this nation will you also say we will not let this happen to our country to this generation we will not let our young ones our families our children our youth and our teens rot into the sins of this world in front of our eyes I will not let it happen. This church will not let it happen. We will do anything and everything to accommodate them. You come with ripped jeans, you come with shorts, you come with shirt or no shirt. I don't care. But if you can just come to Jesus and if you can just say, I need God, we are here. And I believe that you will also say the same. You will also say the same. We are here to reach people 
far from god the young the old that is why we say this is a multicultural and a multigenerational church young old elderly every single age no matter who they are any cultures any backgrounds they belong to no matter who they are they can come there is a banquet set we are going to celebrate the living god and he will transform your life amen